0: So this is our Memorial Day weekend, a time, as I mentioned, where we honor and mourn for those who have died while serving in our military or first responders or people who are in medicine now. We add them to the list. My, my, don't feel that way. And uh, these men and women are really, who have passed away, they they are heroic because they gave their lives so that we could be free. And our country has been transformed by people who are willing to sacrifice their lives. But as I was thinking about the word hero in a personal way, and I kind of realized that I'm not sure I had a hero. Um, people who I knew that I admired a lot, like my father and, and others, they were wonderful people and I admired them a, a lot, but I'm not sure I would use the word hero. I guess the reason is that I think of a hero as not just one somebody who does something one time as a sacrifice. That, to me, is heroic. But a hero, to me, would be somebody who's consistent from day to day and week and month and year, that they are beyond. They are amazing, that they, the bar has been lifted up so high because of them. That would be my hero. So I ended up with only one hero, and that is Yeshua. That, that's my hero. Uh, knowing that his transformation of me is never getting old. I feel that he's never let me down. I'm encouraged and inspired by Yeshua to constantly reach a higher level and, and that my relationship with him would grow and my relationship with my family and all of you would grow and, and that that this is, for me, the hero that I want to emulate. And though I I certainly want to please my wife, and in fact, I better please her, but I uh, really feel much more strongly about pleasing Yeshua. And so today, my question is this. What will please my hero? What will please my hero? What can I do to please Yeshua? So we've been approaching Shavuot, one of God's appointed times, and I'm in prayer and fasting like I hope many of you are. And my inspiration of what will please the Lord comes from his last few words. Now, some of you might think his last few words were on the cross. But no, his last few words were in the book of Acts, Acts 1. And so I'd like to look at that now. Some of you think that Luke didn't write a second book, but he actually did, the book of Acts. And so this is a historical account of Yeshua's family, you know, basically Yeshua and what happened after his death and resurrection. So Yeshua is with them physically in Acts 1. And he had these words to say. And the two important thoughts that I believe he left us with as we're going to read a scripture in a moment from Acts 1, but the two words that he left, or three words he left us with, is wait, and secondly, well, these are a few more words, Be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh. Be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The result of those two things created unity by the believers praying together in the upper room. Let's read Acts 1-4. Now, while staying with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father promised, which he said, You heard from me, from John... For John immersed with water, but you will be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So what are we waiting for? We are waiting for the Father's promise. Now, sometimes we know about promises. They happen immediately. God answers us immediately, or our Father answers us immediately. But other times, they make us wait. And this is, we have to wait for all the promises to be fulfilled. And as you'll see in a moment, there's a good way to wait and a bad way to wait. And secondly, we need to be immersed in the Ruach. So let's start with waiting. Um, What does good waiting require? It requires hope and great expectation. That's what it means to wait well. It means to wait with patience and understand that God's promise is going to be fulfilled. We have to be persistent. And that's what the whole idea of counting the Omer is. It's that waiting for Shavuot and, and the believing that God is going to pour down His Spirit once again. And so we see in, in Scripture, Isaiah 55, 11, we see from God's Word that it will not return void; it will accomplish what God intends it to do. And in verse uh, Psalm 37:7, "Be still before Adonai and wait patiently before Him." If you read uh, today's um, devotional on day number four, it was about listening to God. And one of the things that I mentioned is that we are to pray and watch expectantly wait expectantly and why because God is a rewarder in Hebrews 11:6 he's a rewarder of those who seek him so being able to wait with great hope is a key to seeking God working in your life and so don't make it a small thing to wait Waiting on the Lord is key. It stops us from being frustrated. It stops us from being negative. It stops us from all those things that, that... and even fear. When we have hope, we are focused on the Lord and we have a vision of who He is in our lives. And so that be- makes everything very exciting. Secondly, I said, immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. It's only mentioned twice in Scripture, and the second time is a reflection on the first time. It says in Acts sixteen fifteen, As I began to speak, the Ruach HaKodesh fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John immersed with water, but you will be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh. So immersed is only uh, in the Holy Spirit is only mentioned twice, but there is another phrase which is immersed in the name of Yeshua. That's the only other time that that kind of phraseology is used. And it's used, I don't know, four or five times to be immersed in the name of Yeshua. As an example, Peter said to them, uh, repent and let, I didn't write down where it is, but uh, let each of you be immersed in the name of Yeshua for the removal of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. Is that Acts 2? I think it's Acts 2, yeah. So let's define immerse. There are two definitions that I could find. One is going under the water. That's immersion. And that's what we call, we don't say usually baptisms here, we say immersions, because that's what we are doing, we are immersing. But the second is to involve oneself deeply in a particular subject or activity. So if you're in school and you're taking one subject Uh, One class, you immerse yourself into that subject so you can really know it well. So now we take the words, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And before you try and kill me, let me just say that I do not think we should look at these words theologically today because that would take hours and hours and hours so putting that aside why don't we consider just involving oneself deeply in the holy spirit and what does that even look like first of all acts 1 8 says this you'll receive power when the ruach Hakodesh, the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and through all judea and samaria and to the end of the earth so these are yeshua's Last words, pretty much. We are to immerse, immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit in order to receive power. Or the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we will receive power. And what is it for? To share with other believers. Now, we can share in two, well, many ways, but two main ways. One is they can see our behavior and say, Oh, you're a believer. It's obvious. There's something different about you. Or you can share by talking to them about the Lord. And either way, we are to have power to be able to do that. So would it be fair to say that when we share with Yeshua, sharing is part of um, what, is, what is meant by being immersed in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's sharing our faith is, is part of that aspect. And Shavuot coming up next weekend is all about being immersed in the Holy Spirit. So what else could be, could we be immersed in having to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, John 14, 16 says he's our helper. John 16, 13 says he'll guide you to all truth. He'll not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he'll tell you. And he'll declare to you the things that are to come. There's a revelatory understanding of what being immersed in the Spirit is that God is going to give us a sense of what is going to happen. And in 1 Corinthians... I'm sorry, in John 16, 7 through 11, he'll also convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So... That, to me, is a further indication that people are not immersed in the Spirit. Because a lot of believers I know don't seem to be convicted about sin. Just saying. They're all about righteousness, and they're all about judging others, but they're not about their own sin. And I believe the Holy Spirit, when when the Holy Spirit is poured on us, we see ourselves as sinful. We understand that we are sinners. 1 Corinthians 12 gives us An understanding of the gifts of the Spirit and that is part of being immersed in the Holy Spirit. Another part is Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit and that is specifically in order that we do not carry out the desires of the flesh. That's why the the fruit of the Spirit was given to us. It's a substitute for being in the world so revival that i'm praying for is the immersion in the spirit that all of these things that i've mentioned will strengthen us in our role as believers and and revival is 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 what it really refers to is like new life new life i think of uh well I guess I'll, I'll mention this example in, and fear, with fear and trembling. Hopefully, my wife isn't listening. Pat, are you watching? Okay. Well, at any rate, um, do you know what it's like? You know how in Revelation it says, return to your first love and do those things which you used to do? Okay. Well, when I was dating pat every moment was about pat you can you relate to that do you anybody remember that time before marriage and everything I would bend over backwards I would do anything anything she did was fine everything I did had to please her I was courting her I was wanting her in my life 24 7. Now, my question is if God is number one in our lives, do we have that same anticipation about our relationship with Him daily? And if not, we need a special immersion of God's Spirit and a revival spirit to get us back to that place. So, our immersion in the Holy Spirit gives us an intensity. It's almost an intensity that cannot stop. It's just like we can't get enough of the Lord. That's what it's all about. And as I said, I won't go into the whole theological parts of immersion in the Spirit. We're we're not going there today. So, all these... Attributes of the Holy Spirit are taught in God's Word. And immersion in the Holy Spirit, I believe, also means to be transformed. And sometimes, if we're not totally immersed, it's because we have a resistance to being transformed. kind of like the way I am, thank you. Now, it's all right to like the way you are, if your identity is in Yeshua, but we are to stay humble and we are to be totally immersed so that we are not afraid to be transformed. We are not afraid to be changed. So, if there are issues that we have in our life, whether it's anger or other kinds of issues, We have to be open to saying, God, change us. So there's, I don't know if you've been keeping track. I got a little into that one, but there are three things that I wanted to mention. One was waiting. Two was immersed in the Spirit. Anybody remember the third one? Yeah, I wouldn't have remembered either. Unity, but I have it written down. So the third thing is unity. And in Acts 1, we're going back to Dr. Luke. And in Acts 1, 13 and 14, it says, when they had entered, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter, John, and Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Jacob, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judah, son of Jacob. All these with one mind, we're continuing together in prayer, along with the women and Miriam, Yeshua's mother and his brothers. So what are we talking about here? A couple things. First of all, it specifically says Yeshua's mother. And I think that has to show you the concept of even though Yeshua died, to the best of her knowledge. And even rising again, that there was just, there wasn't sadness in that sense. There was the idea of coming together as mishpocha, as family, as community, and being of one mind. And this is a key thing in, in, in our walk with the Lord. And I, as I think of three things, that are so important to God for us for today is number one, to learn to wait for the Lord, wait upon the Lord, number two, to be immersed in the Spirit, and three, to be in unity. We know Psalm 133, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head coming down on the beard, Aaron's beard, coming down on the collar of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there I commanded the blessings, life forevermore. Unity is precious to God. We see it in John 17. It's all through John 17. But unity leads to blessings, life forevermore. Yeshua wants us to have abundant life. We know in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. And Yeshua has come that they, we might have life and have it abundantly. So on this weekend about being heroic, it's about being willing to sacrifice your own desires of the world in order to be transformed by God. We wait We're immersed in the Holy Spirit. We are in unity. Revival is when we sacrifice our inward desires and our outward actions to glorify God. Revival is when we react more to God than we do to the distractions of life that can make us an emotional mess. And revival is being immersed in the Holy Spirit to give us great hope, and to bring us into unity. Acts 1 is the beginning of new life in the body of believers. But today, there are people either here or watching who need to begin their new life. And they need to receive Yeshua as their Messiah so that they can have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to see themselves being transformed. And so in order to do that, just receive Yeshua by saying, I'm sorry for my sins. I receive Yeshua into my life as Lord, and I want to live for him. And it's my prayer that anybody who has said those words and meant them in their heart, believe them in their heart, and proclaim them, they now know Yeshua as their Messiah. And they are part of God's kingdom. And so I pray now that they will let people know. Let us know. Call our office. Let us know that you've received Yeshua. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We worship you. We magnify your holy name. Father, we ask, O Lord, that you would be exalted in our hearts this day. That in this moment, in this time period, right now, that our hearts would exalt you, Lord. That our mind would exalt you. That our spirit would exalt you. And that there would be nothing to distract us from your will. In our lives. Lord, I pray for each one who's praying and fasting and seeking the Lord as we have uh, Shavuot next Friday, that you would reward them because they are seeking you. You've promised to reward them. And Lord, I pray that each one of us are staying humble And you say in your word in 2 Chronicles that when we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. Lord, not only do we need individual healing, but Lord, we certainly need our country to be healed. So, Father, we pray this in the name of Yeshua. So let us go back and let us remember that opening phrase about worship. Let us worship the Lord now in spirit and in truth.